You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. time for another season to change seasons change your weekly geekly dose of tv movies comic books and video games i'm your host vactor and i've got the always angry jeff w with me jeff how you doing you set it up for anger is the problem (laughs) you just make it you try to make it sound like that that's jeff's secret he's always angry so we're going we're gonna to get into Jeff's rage a little bit later in the podcast, but just to let you know, you can always follow us on Twitter. I am Vactor. Jeff is Jeff W. And our podcast is Seasons underscore podcast. We have a wonderful way that you can get in touch with us and let us know what you're thinking on the Anchor app, which is anchor.fm slash seasons change. If you want to go to it on the website, there's a message button or on the app itself. If you just look us up, seasons change. You can send us a voicemail right through Anchor, and we'll have a nice audio file to play for us on the show. So if you want to leave us some feedback, you always do that over at Anchor. And the majority of listeners, as we've noticed through the Anchor analytics, listen through Apple. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a nice little review in the Apple Podcast section. That'll help us get noticed. And... Let all your friends and family know that if they want to see an angry man, they got to come to Seasons Change and listen to Jeff W. So just like our friend Wonder Rob, who listens and is a member of the Geek So to Speak podcast. You can be just like Wonder Rob and listen to Seasons Change. All right, let's get into it. This week, Jeff and I got a chance to watch, finally, Last Night in Soho. Now, this movie's been out for a little bit, but... It slowed down as far as like the new releases where Jeff and I were not particularly interested in what came out this week. But Last Night in Soho is one that has been on our radar for a while because Jeff and I are both big Edgar Wright fans from way back. So Jeff, why don't you break down, and this is a much requested segment of the show. Wonder Rob always says, hey, Jeff, break down the plot for me. I want to know. So, Jeff, let us know. What is the plot of this movie, Last Night in Soho? That's because Rob likes, like, chaos. That's true. That is the problem. 100%. Um, Okay, so I think, you know, and I'm going to start doing these, like, spoiler-free. Because if I go to spoilers, I'm just going to ramble for, like, 10 (laughs) minutes. And I think that becomes, like, hey, it's funny for two seconds. And then uh, then it gets, like, really weird and, like, rambling and me just sound crazy. uh, Yeah, just do it like if somebody came up to you and was like, hey, what is this movie about? All right, so this girl—it's about a girl, uh, like a like college age, uh, I guess I would say, or looking. Uh, she's doing fashion uh, and stuff. She moves from what appears to be like you know just a country ass house or whatever. Yes. Uh, some of our friends know about that in Memphis. <laughs> um, and go from there to the big city in London, uh, and then she gets there. She meets these people, you know, these other students that are there. She doesn't like. Uh, they're assholes, uh, they're weird, uh, and then she, uh, you know, we won't say, but has some really vivid dreams, gets taken in back into the 60s, and then there's some weird trippy shit that's happening here, and uh, yeah, she's basically living in almost two realities, 
in the in the same movie the, this like 60s reality and then the modern reality and that's kind of the uh synopsis without spoiling yeah and this is like i mentioned edgar wright's latest movie he actually came out with two movies this year the other one was uh sparks brothers and yeah, that one was a doc- one we both have not got to that we both want to get to yeah right. i actually watched it earlier um Right before oh, okay. we started recording, I didn't tell you, okay. but I watched... So you, you got to it. Okay. Yeah, and I think you will actually like it because it's Edgar Wright documentary style. So, number one, Edgar Wright is... Like, one of the reasons we like him so much is because his style, the way that he just kind of orchestrates everything and makes everything pop. So, him, just think about Edgar Wright's style on a documentary about music, about a band... And that's also right up Jeff's alley. So I think you're going to like the Sparks Brothers. But we may talk about that on a future episode. Last Night in Soho is not a documentary. It is a narrative film. And I think let's start before we get into what we thought about Last Night in Soho. Yeah. How about we give our Edgar Wright backgrounds? Um, First time I noticed him was on Shaun of the Dead. That was I was actually living here in Arizona. And. I remember a newspaper ad that shows you how long ago this came out for mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. And it was like, oh, the name is a play on Dawn of the Dead and it's a comedy zombie movie. All right, I'm in. I'm going to go see it. So I saw it in the theater. Oh, loved you saw it. it in the theater when yes, it first came out. Yes, loved okay. it. One of my yeah. favorite movies of all time, still to this day. But yeah. I was blown away by that. And then so I was, anything that he did after that, I was in. Like I, I wanted to see it. Um, and he's just continued over the years just to just to make great movie after great movie. Um, even in and his TV work as well, Spaced, which uh, you can check out on Hulu. If, if anyone is an Edgar Wright fan and you haven't checked out Spaced, yeah, that is lo- a great I love that show. I remember yeah, when great we first show. got into it. That yeah, that was like I remember getting that and being like, Okay, this is this thing is amazing. It was one of those like I mean, I'm thinking back like when I first watched it, how however long ago it was, uh, over ten years probably, right? Yeah. Um, just the, uh, like how I, it was like one of the first things I probably binged, like watch, you know what I mean? This was like before streaming had really become what it's become now. Yeah. And I just remember getting that whole season, you know, I remember finding the whole season as you say. And you could see um, it. Or the whole show. (laughs) Yeah. And I could just watch the whole thing. Yeah. And you could see Edgar Wright's style already in that show. You can kind of see everything that he would become as a filmmaker and he kind of hinted at it, but just with a lower budget rather than what he ended up um, on the films. So his basically his style and his humor, his writing were the things that drew me as each film went on and on and on. And then I started to notice his, um, much like Tarantino, he yeah. has a way with music, the way of using songs and finding you know older songs, finding connections to the, the movie. And you think about like Baby Driver and, Scott Pilgrim, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. He's made two of my favorite movies of all time, Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim. So just for that alone, he's got to be one of my favorite directors. So yeah. as and, it, like I said, as it went on, I just liked him more and more. Yeah, and I would say our, our experiences are going to be similar, I think, because I, think, I, I would imagine, I don't know for sure, but I bet you you probably like introduced me to that movie, to Shaun of the Dead probably, or I've seen it somehow maybe like before at some point but uh-huh. either way um yeah i would say that and scott pilgrim are great and then but i would put 
I personally would put Hot Fuzz probably as the second for me. Hmm. Uh, what, because what's I love the first that movie. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Right. It would be the first. Just because so that's, Hot how, Fuzz. that's you can't beat that because that's how he got introduced. Yeah. Right. Like so it's gonna be hard to okay. beat that movie, in my opinion. Unless he did something crazy, like a Dark Knight like crazy movie, oh, yeah. you know, like that level. But like you know, which not that he doesn't. I mean, I would put Shaun of the Dead really high on my list. Like it would yeah. be like I love everything he does because of that movie. Uh, and I would put well, I would I would say like, you know, those are your favorites and I would say Hot Fuzz is an extremely good movie. Like, yeah, I, I like Hot Fuzz a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that was um I think anytime there's a new Edgar Wright movie, like with this one with Last Night in Soho, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew Edgar Wright did it. So I said that's enough for me. Anytime same way with Baby Driver. Anytime Edgar Wright has a new movie, this is another one that kind of like with Nolan and mm. probably Tarantino too. It's one that me and you connect on where it's like, all right, there's a new this guy's movie. We're going to go see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Edgar Wright, Last Night in Soho, what did you think, Jeff? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll just start going down some of the notes that I was yeah. making uh, after I, I watched the movie. I think this might be... Man, and you know, I know I know Scott Pilgrim has like a lot of like stylistic choices. Yes. But I would put this like if we're gonna talk about like just the the filming and how it looks, this yes. is at least on that level. Like this is probably like I, I like I would it, and I get the point I'm trying to make I guess about it is like if I took this movie and put it in front of my like like my mom or like people that, you know, don't watch movies like we do, right? They they're just like more casual movie yeah. fans, right? Uh I wouldn't even call myself like a hardcore movie fan, but you know, at least I wouldn't call myself casual either. But anyway, this movie looks amazing. Yes. Um, Like it looks so good. And I would say like, if I put Scott Pilgrim in front of somebody that doesn't, you know, isn't into movies like that, they're going to, they might not like that movie because of what, what happens on screen, even though I love it. And I think it looks great. I don't know if they would even be a fan, but I think if I took this movie and I showed them like, they would be like, you know, like oh wow this looks amazing like yeah you know the, the color choices the sign outside of her bedroom from the beginning that changes those colors that you know changes that room color yeah and uh and all that like like it just looks uh fantastic I you know this yeah. you know you know what makes me sad is I wish like he would have gotten the Ant Man movie you know mm-hmm. I was reading articles and stuff about him talking about never getting that or whatever because you know all this stuff's come out you know yeah. recently or whatever right. And he was talking about reconnecting with Feige, and I was like, man, like, thinking about it, like, if I would have had him and Paul Rudd in a movie, just, like, two people that I like, and I think, yeah. you know, Wright is clearly capable of making that level of a movie, you know? Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, you're not, you know, you're not going to downgrade. It's not like they're getting some independent filmmaker that doesn't have the capability of giving you, like, the Marvel quality. Like, he would have given that to us. Um, and so that made me a little sad. You know, to see this movie makes me think about what the potential of that was. Even though I wouldn't say those movies are bad, but I would have liked, I would have loved to see his, his version. Um, and then other things, because um, I guess we'll just go straight into spoilers. Well, actually, uh, I want to mention something before you go into that. Yeah. The look, um, a lot of it is the production design, like you said, kind of the yeah. flashing neon and and set design and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I do want to say, I want to point you in this guy's direction. The cinematographer is Chung, let's see, he's uh, South Korean, Chung Hoon Chung. So I probably mispronounced okay. it, but his work, um, he's he's worked a bunch with Park Chan-wook as a director, and he's a great, like, 
you can go back on his uh, discography or, you know, his filmography. Um, all of his movies are like crazy South Korean stuff. But the stuff that Jeff would know, he was a cinematographer on It. Oh, and yeah. Another, another great looking movie. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, I didn't see Zombieland Double Tap, but he also did that. And then he's, this will give you some hope for the future here, Jeff. He's, he's working on the Uncharted movie. Oh, wow. Okay. And the Obi-Wan show. Oh, he's wow. the cinematographer. So yeah, this guy is one to watch. If you like the way this movie looked, I'm pretty sure you, you'll like all those Park Chan-wook movies. Look those yeah. up when you get yeah. a chance. And Old Boy is, is the one that kind of put him on the map. Um, but that's where the, a lot of this look is coming from. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that, that I'm, yeah I'm, I'm super excited then. Yes, because yeah, those all the things you just named, I I like. I haven't I haven't seen Zombieland Double Tap, but I assume it probably looks decent, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, this thing looked yeah, freaking amazing. I was super hyped on on that one. I was like, like I just liked staring at the movie. Like I almost could just put it up. You know, it was like the it was like the Blade Runner to me, right? right. Like a little yeah. bit where I get this. I'm just like, this thing looks amazing. I yes. think you can like you, this is what you should like show at Best Buy, or obviously you yeah. can't do that, but you know what I mean. Like if you were going to display your TV. Uh, this is something you should be doing. Um, so I guess to move on from that, um, to get into the story, I guess we'll just say spoilers from yes. here here on out. Um, you know, overall, I would say I really like this movie. I even, you know, I think I put it in our like little Discord chat after the fact. I was like, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, like, you hands down. You said it was your favorite. Did I say it was time. my favorite? Yes, it's one the... of them. The problem okay. is, is I don't know what Spider Man's going to be. Yeah, yep. And I really like Dune. I really, really like Dune too. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, there's there's a couple there, but this is one of them. This is going to be on that list. This isn't yeah. like this isn't Eternals, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I yeah, this thing. The only thing I would say about this movie though that that really kind of mess with me and i think this is a shared experience from stuff i was looking at online just to see if i was crazy because i had to go read stuff too um just because it was like i was like it just took a long time to get into like what was happening here you Mm -hmm. know and then like the inevitable twist that's at the end with the old lady and all that stuff like it just felt like that first like like hour or whatever i'm just like i feel i felt a little bit uh lost in it you know i'm like I felt like, like, am I seeing the clues? Like, I know something's happening. You know, all these hints that are happening and, you know, the way characters are speaking. Yeah. Um, but I just, I was like, it was a little bit like looking back on it when I was done. I was like, man, like if I would have, you know, if they would have sped that up a little bit, it would have felt maybe a little quicker. And then, you know, this movie is pretty long. It's like, what is it? Two hours or something? It's a, it's a decent uh, runtime. Yeah, I have to look 116 minutes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a decent, you know, runtime on this, on this movie. Um and so yeah, I felt like the first the first half was um was really slow, but once you get into like yeah, once they start revealing more and once like fucked up stuff starts to happen, uh you know, and they start actually like the stabbing in this movie, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know? <laughs> like once they start stabbing people in this thing, like you know, action really starts to pick up. Yeah, I, I was I was full on board. I don't I don't know how you felt about the pacing of it. Yeah, I was okay with it. The first um part I noticed her mom in the mirror, yeah. And I said, okay, there's gonna be some supernatural, but we just don't know how does she have these powers. And I thought they were gonna actually go into maybe even a little bit of an explanation, but they was like, no, we're not even gonna tell you why she yeah. has these powers. <laughs> yeah. So um, that I I didn't find it slow. I guess 
I was just I was into it and I was saying, okay, what's going to happen next? I know it's going to be something. It's going to be some mystery or it's going to be some type of psychological thing. Um, but yeah, definitely once she gets to London and starts to have the visions or you know go into the uh, the dream sequences, yeah, that's when I was like, oh yeah, this is. And the sixties is not necessarily one of my favorite time periods. Um, so I didn't have, I don't have a lot of nostalgia um, for the sixties, but I, I do want to actually talk about nostalgia later um, yeah. when we're going into it. But yeah, I, I was okay with the pacing at the beginning. Mm. And then, um, yeah, so that, that was, you know, if I had to give a, if I had to give a complaint, that'd be, that'd be the, the one big complaint. Um, but back to things I did like, um, I thought the acting in here was amazing. I thought especially the leads uh, were just really good. Um, yeah, and did you recognize? Um, I didn't recognize anybody except Doctor Who. Okay. If that's fair. I, I, everybody, so maybe the um, the silver-haired guy or whatever. Yeah, Terrence you. Stamp. Yeah, I think I know his face. Um, yeah, the other he's... ones I don't know. I, I might know them, but I don't. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't recognize them in the movie. Uh for me, at least, he's always going to be General Zod, the villain from Superman 2. That's uh, Terrence Stamp. But he's like, he's been in a ton of things. He's a legendary. His voice acting, like, he's a great actor. Uh, I love but that actually, song, uh, Message in a Bottle, that he. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy looks like Sting, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, the main girl, Thomason McKenzie. Uh, yeah. She was in JoJo Rabbit. That was probably oh, where you saw her, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is another one of our, we were talking about kind of director connections. Me and you love Taika Waititi oh, and yeah. that anything that he does, we will see. Uh, but yeah, she was in that. She kind of, um, she debuted in this movie, Leave No Trace, which I, I haven't seen yet, but I'm going to probably check mm-hmm. it out now, now that I've um, seen her in this. And then she was in Old, that M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Um, so her career... Is has a nice little trajectory, but she's only okay. twenty one. I remember her from yeah, from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit was so good. Yeah, yeah. and she was young in that. Like, she, so she's like super yeah. up and coming. Um, yeah. She's she was born in the year two thousand, Jeff. If that makes you feel old, man. Um, but yeah, she actually she's from New Zealand too. So she was kind of doing a British accent, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but she's great. And then Anna Taylor Joy, um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, no, nothing that I'm like a super big fan of, but she's one of those like when you talk about the young, young Hollywood, yeah. she's she's one of those that people look at. Um, she's only 25, mm-hmm. um, but she's she was good in this, and like you said, um, the Doctor, he was actually I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, and I don't think you are either, no. but I like him because he wore a bow tie, Jeff. That makes him cool. <laughs> And he he looks like like he is um, I don't you know I'm not gonna shit on the way somebody looks, but his uh, his face is like very recognizable. Yeah, me. like it is not like standard you know regular guy right. or whatever. Yeah. Like he yeah he has a unique, unique look. look. Yeah. yeah, he was actually in uh, Rise of Skywalker, but he got cut out. Um, and he was in that Terminator movie, the last oh, Terminator movie. So he was, he he's been blessed. in a couple of these big okay. franchises, but then he got he got cut out of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you liked his performance, right, as this yeah. character? Yeah, he's just a creepy motherfucker, dude. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just like – I'm sorry. I shouldn't say – yeah, I should tone it down a little bit. Um, I, he's a creepy guy the whole time, yeah. And I was like – yeah, just does a great job. And he like, 
You know, it's funny, like, if I'm, like, scrolling through his Wikipedia, like, when he has that Doctor Who hair, when he, when he has that long hair, <laughs> yeah. he just looks like a villain to me. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. he just does it so well. And, I, yeah, I thought he was great. And I was like, you know, um, like you said, like, I I didn't recognize the actors, you know, like, or I didn't know what I knew them from. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you know faces and stuff, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like. Um, well, Anna Taylor. And, and they were all good. Yeah. Just all the, all the leads and. um and John as well. I thought he was great. Uh, I don't know who that guy is. Oh, uh, Michael, speaking of. Uh, Jow, um, I don't know what he's in. I'm sure there's well, something. You yeah, can you'll know. <laughs> Guess what? I looked him up. Mm-hmm. He was the young kid in Attack the Block. Remember the oh, two wow. young kids okay. that were like trying to tag along? They were trying to be part of the group. Oh, he's yeah, the little black yeah. kid. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he has another, really another banger of a movie, yeah. by the way. Another yeah, we, we both love movies. Attack yeah, the Block. We talk about that yeah. movie all the time. Yeah. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, it's that kid!" Because he was so yeah. young in that. He looked like he was like ten years okay. old in that, yeah, and he's yeah. like grown up in this. Wow, um, yeah. But yeah, that was yeah, kind of yeah. a, a fun. Him movie. And the yeah, white kid. Yes, yeah. but you could see his man. face. Like you know, he looks the same. Yeah, um, yeah. but just That's kind of funny. Yeah, a little bit younger. Great. He was great in this movie. Yeah, um, man. I although the I only thing about him, him, they didn't give him too much to do. Like he's yeah, he's supposed to be there for her, and he's the supportive guy, and that's kind of it. Yeah, like you like him because of his charisma. But if you're if you're talking about like plot and writing, they didn't really give him too much to do. So yeah. kind of wish they had given a little bit more to him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, speaking of, I guess speaking of the writing and the plot, I think this movie, yeah, is I did like it overall, but I didn't mm-hmm. love it. Okay, and I think a lot of it is it is, and I was I was listening to um, the film cast and Jeff Kanata. Uh, brought this up. He was kind of saying it is more style over substance, but there is some substance here. Cause normally when you say style over substance, it's like Michael yeah. Bay or something where it's like, Oh, right. it looks great. Like these great explosions. And then you get into the plot and the story and it's like, this is garbage. This is like acting and everything else is like trash. But mm-hmm. this movie, you had all those at Edgar Wright kind of um, stylistic choices. And like you said, it looked great production design, costuming, the mm-hmm. setting of the 60s. And yeah. I was like, the way that Edgar Wright does um, visual effects, because he does like a combination of in-camera and then yeah. CG. And um, he, you know, he did a lot on Scott Pilgrim. There's a lot of stuff in here with the mirrors and switching yeah. actresses. And there's actually a really cool um, breakdown that he did for Vanity Fair, and I'll link it in the show notes, where he mm-hmm. goes through um, a lot of his movies and he breaks down a lot of the visual effects. And um, one of the the things that he breaks down is this thing called a Texas switch where it, the camera's still moving and then the yeah. actors just switch outside of camera. And you think it's a cut, but it's mm-hmm. all one take. And the actors are just like ducking down. Like there's that oh. scene in Scott Pilgrim where you see Michael Sarah, and they close the door a little bit. And then you see another guy jump out the window. And it's supposed yeah. to be Michael Sarah. But all Michael Michael Sarah's like hiding behind the door, and then a stunt double jumps through the window. Yeah. So he does a lot of stuff like that. But um, that video is kind of cool. I watched it earlier today. Yeah, and I actually speaking of just the camera, there were things in here that I thought. Um, so I guess real, real quick to the to the plot, I'll make that yeah. point real quick. Um, there, it's a little convoluted to me. Like, yes, it's a little bit weird. Like, yeah, you don't kind of get it, like what the hell's going on. That's why I had to read. So I would say I would knock that 
uh, of the movie for a little bit for that too because i don't yeah. think people are gonna like i couldn't it's harder for me to recommend it you know what i mean like if i'm gonna talk to somebody about it um so that is one thing too and then um just to speak on the camera like they were they did so many like cool things like you said like with the mirrors and then like even when she like there's a shot in there where she lays in bed i think it's near the beginning i want to mm-hmm. say and she like throws the sheet over her yeah right and then it like goes way way yes. long like the camera pulls way way yes. way back and i was like yeah there's just there's things like that that like that's the stuff i'm looking at and i'm like this movie's just super cool yeah know? and that's the type of things that you look for in a director's style because there's a lot of directors that they call them like journeyman directors. Um, And I'm thinking of like Ron Howard where it's like, all right, he's done a ton of movies, but I could not tell you what a Ron Howard movie looks Mm -hmm. like. Like I, if you didn't tell me he directed solo, I would not know that he directed solo. Like there's, he doesn't have that visual style that sticks out. Like a lot of these other guys that are favorite guys, you can tell a Tarantino movie. You can tell, a Nolan movie. Like you can tell a lot of these guys from the way that they, their stylistic choices, even Kevin Smith early on with yeah. a lot of stuff that we liked, you know, not, we won't talk about the later stuff, but the early Kevin Smith stuff, it was, you knew it was a Kevin Smith movie and that's what made us mm-hmm. kind of fall in love with him. Yeah. So yeah, this is that, like you said that when, when she did that blanket uh, cover over her head, I said, yeah, this is exactly what I want. Yeah. out of this movie but that is more like i said that's more the style, style. Yeah. and then the plot and the story of her like now you talked about actually this is a good uh place to mention this you mentioned uh eternals a little bit earlier and you did not come away liking any of those characters from eternals that's kind of how i felt about this movie where mm-hmm. you know we just talked about that the attack the block actor we liked him we like yeah. his charisma, but what about his character? There's nothing about his character that stood out to me right. as memorable. It's like, all right, he's a nice guy. He yeah. bought her some, you know, bought her a drink, and and he didn't call her crazy when she like. Yeah. That was a weird scene when he's like, all right, we're getting in bed together, and then we're just she's just gonna scream, yeah. and he's gonna run out, cut himself, and then the next day at class, hey, are you okay? It's like what. If yeah. Anybody else would have been like, what? What yeah, happened to that girl? This, like this old lady's like, get the fuck out of my yeah. house! And you're just like, like, like this doesn't get mentioned. Yeah, 100%. yeah, all that crazy stuff. Um, yeah. But that I think is what Jeff Kanata's point is. Is more like there's a lot of style that's great about the movie, yeah. um, and there is substance there. Like there's some great technical aspects, and there's uh, great things about it. But I yeah. think the weakest part of this whole thing is. The story and the characters, if you had put another director on this, it would have been way farther down for me. Um, But Edgar Wright's able to kind of raise up a lot of the material. And he was a co-writer on this movie. And normally I like a lot of the stuff that he's written in the past. Um, Actually, pretty much everything that he's written. But I think Baby Driver and now this one, Last Night in Soho, he's starting to go a little bit on a downward and even actually even the last you know the um the cornetto trilogy the Shaun of the dead hot fuzz and then the world's end the world's end yeah which yeah I would, the, rank, I would rank those in order of them when they came out right? yeah one two three yeah the world's end it just kind of fell flat for me and i love you know we've mm-hmm. talked about it many t- and all over this episode i love edgar wright but yeah it felt like it just kind of went the trajectories on a downward rather than going upward where it's like every movie we're liking them more and more and more yeah 
Yeah. These ones, it's like, I just don't know if there was enough there for this story. Because the whole yeah. thing, it's like, he had this idea of, oh, why are people... And I was this is um, an interview that he gave. Actually, um, I don't know if you know this, but on Plex, which is mm. a service that we use, they have little extras on... Um, like, you know, the movies and, and sometimes TV shows, they put behind the scenes little things that normally you would see like on a DVD or Blu-ray, which I'm seeing less less and less of these days, especially with streaming. There's almost no, fe- you know, extra stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's Plex, no bonus features. Yeah, Plex has a lot of that stuff that I really like, and, and this is where I got this from. So he was talking about kind of nostalgia, you know, how is it that someone is nostalgic for a time that they did not live in and is nostalgia an escape from reality like you you want to get away or is it like a retreat from i my current lifestyle you know my current time period that i live in oh it was so much better back then right better to reminisce about things and and you had kind of put something in the in the show notes also about that um and i i found that interesting that you you picked up on that. That was one of the things that you were thinking about when you were watching the movie. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that and kind of talk about just someone being obsessed with a time period that they don't live in. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to me because... And, and, they know, didn't live through, I should say. Yeah, and you know, and, uh, and I wanted to actually mention, good thing, I thank you for bringing that back up, um, where we talk about like me and you, I think me and you have very similar taste in a lot of things. And like uh-huh. one of the things is uh, that I always, you know, can relate to you with is or we can relate to each other with is that we don't really like that sixties or fifties style. Like yeah. that old stuff does yeah. not, you know, it just doesn't appeal to me. It needs to be like whatever it is. It's, it's similar to games of Thrones. Like, like fantasy stuff is not my big, you know, yeah. not a big fan of it. Right. But you know, when you excel in that genre, so like, let's say like things like, like when I first started Bioshock, the video game, it's yes. in that like fifties, sixties, like style yeah. or whatever. Yes. And I was like, oh, man, like, it's one of these things, you know what I mean? But <laughs> right. then, like, you end up being, that's, like, one of my favorite games of all time. Right. Right, like, how amazing it is. Yes. And then, and so there's there's things like that where I go into it, and I, and I did not like it. So that relates to this. But I, you know, I thought it was funny where, yeah, it's like, you have these people that obsess over these, like, time periods. And so it's, it's, I mean, you can go back to, like, somebody who recreates the Civil War. You know, yeah, like, obsessed right. with these time periods. And, like, right. they have all this information all these books, but it's, like, you know, think about, like, now, if somebody wrote a book right now, right? Like, they're not going to be able to capture this time period. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you right. can't, you can only capture so many things in words, you know what I mean, in video. Like, you know, granted, we can do a lot of that stuff now, but then, you know, we have the internet, which is, like, you know, lets you archive everything at this point. But, like, you know, it's it's just, yeah, that was interesting to me that she was obsessed with this time period, and that's what... That's what, to me, gave substance to the story a little mm-hmm. bit, is that she's obsessed with this time period. She really likes this time period. This is her thing. And you get there, and it's like, yeah, this isn't, like, what you thought it was. Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, this dreamy, like, home, you know, they, like, the great American, you know, lifestyle or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or that time period. Like, it's not that. Like, there is, you know, messed up things happening. Right. And that you cannot, you don't know until you're there. You know, right. You would never know it unless you live that time period. Because that makes me wonder, like, was it really that clean and shiny on, on a lot of these things? Because even you think about Back to the Future, the 1955 yeah. versus the 1985 right. uh, time periods. Has, have things gotten, like, dirtier? Have things gotten 
like have, have people gotten more lazy over the years? Because if you yeah. think about it, th- this is actually something that I think about all the time. Also, men's fashion. When you look at like the eighteen hundreds, these guys yeah. were wearing top hats. They got yeah. bow ties, full on suits. You know? Yeah, well, the wigs go way back, but yeah, wigs go like way back, but yeah. the I'm talking about like the old west and like just mm-hmm. the the way that men dressed. I always think about like it was way more about style than it was comfort. And at now yeah. today, I think our, our style is a lot more like just yeah. relaxed, what feels good and and things like that. And and it goes sometimes a little bit too far. I see people wearing like pajamas to school at college is like what why are you wearing pajamas right. oh it feels yeah. good like you look like a trash you like a hobo yeah. get out of here <laughs> uh, but i think it's interesting the only parallel i can see in my life as i've lived over the years is mcdonald's i think about mcdonald's was like this shiny glowing place in my mind and was it really like that or has it always been as dirty and grubby as it is now, but as yeah. a kid, I was just like, "This is a wonderland. This, this is, is a <laughs> this is a playpen. This is where I'm going to hang out yeah. all the time." Yeah, right. But yeah, I think, I think those things, and this is what this is really. I think the substance of the movie, like just this this conversation we're having now, is what you know also makes me like this movie a lot. Is that it does make me think, and I think there are things like like that where like you know these time periods get away with the lack of information right we've heard of the information age and all that stuff like you know some people debate there's too much now right but it's like but you also have to you know i think give it uh the other way where it's like okay like people think it's so terrible now but like that's because things were not you know there's things that we document now that we know about you that you can find in a google search about the 2010s and the 2000s and you know you can do that for all those periods but you know what i mean like they didn't have nearly as much right i think now and there weren't things like let's say the invention of the cell phone camera yes which we see yep. every single week you know in this country it's, it feels like some major thing or you know like you know like like if somebody got you know punished for a crime back in the day you know i mean i don't want to get like super political here because we're just talking about movies but it's like these guys that you know you know, shot the guy in Georgia, you know, it's like, you don't have that information from that era, like, right, right? like, we can put all the names, and we have a ton of stuff about it, but we still, you know, you don't know, you know what I mean, like, anything, like, anything that looks like an official document, you don't have, you know, the, the other side of it, right, because it's always, stuff like that, you you know, know, the winners wrote the history books, and I think about stuff like that, about before records, like you said, to take it to an even greater extreme, before cell phones before written word you know what was it like and what were these time periods there's like huge periods of time that are either undocumented you know before we started um writing things down and hieroglyphics and things what was happening during those time periods and then as it progressed up to more and more modern times what things were we missing out on and not only are we looking back on it with rose-colored glasses of nostalgia for, like, the time periods that either our parents lived through or our grandparents lived through. And and here's another thing. You think about, like, World War II versus Vietnam. Those Mm -hmm. two wars are looked at very differently in the history books, in media, the way that people... But, I'm like, the, the actual war itself was probably 
very similar. Yeah. But it's one is looked at as this is a great heroic war, and then this is a these are baby killers. Yeah. This yeah. is a terrible war. Right. Like um, if you flip them, you know, do you, yeah. are you saying the same thing? Like if that if that if one happens, you know, in a different in the opposite year, right? Yeah. And like what and what was it yeah. like in those things? Just if we had cell phones back then, mm. but yeah, those are interesting things um, to think about. And it is, yeah, it's just kind of a fascinating thing that I don't have that necessarily obsession with. Oh, I wish I lived in the fifties. Oh, I wish I lived yeah. in the eighties. Although mm. when I was growing up, I always was like, oh yeah, the eighties is the best time period because I was born in the eighties. And Michael Jackson is from the, like Michael Jackson had his height in the eighties, and I love Michael Jackson. Yeah. So yeah, we talk about a lack of information. Oh, in the 80s. and yeah. Magic Johnson <laughs> was my favorite basketball player, and he was from yeah. the eighties. So the eighties were the oh, and Back to the Future. Anyways, the whole thing about um, pop culture, I lived more in the nineties. Like I was more aware in the nineties than I was in the eighties. But I always considered myself like, oh, I'm from the eighties, yeah. but I I wasn't even alive at the beginning of the eighties. So, yeah, I just think that's an interesting thing that some people have that for not only time periods, but also places like this. Her hers is London. It's like London in the 60s is the perfect setting. It's amazing. There was another film that was also um, I don't think you saw this, but that remember that Cruella movie that came out either earlier this year or last year. Is it Emma Stone? Yes. Emma Stone. I didn't watch it, but I know. of it. Yeah, it's that to a letter like the. The romance with London in the 60s is the same in that movie as it is in Last Night in Soho. It's like, this was the perfect time period. It was the best music, the best clothing, the best, like, everything in the 60s. And I just don't have that, you know, I don't have that nostalgia for that time period. And Um, and like you said, it's like, this is written by the winner. So it's like all these, all the accounts you see from this, you know, or most of them, I bet, are the more popular ones are... From people that were benefiting at the time. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So I think in, in this, this the conversation we just had, that was, you know, when I'm thinking of that. So that's why I like this movie so much because it gives you that, like, perspective a little bit. Um, it You know, it, it also gets, you know, into the horror aspects. But, like, yeah, I thought there was just interesting things buried in the context, which, you know, people... Um, I would love to see somebody tear this movie down just like they do. Not tear it down, but, you know, pick it apart and, like, you know, a breakdown of the movie like they have... Um, with get out you know which I oh thought yeah was like a very very similar vibe like i like i don't i don't want to say like who inspired who on what but i think you know you know peel jordan peel and edgar wright you know and i was looking up to see if there's any comparisons to these because i don't know if you got that vibe from this movie but it felt to me like uh the things jordan peel has been doing lately you know yeah this like mystery thriller kind mm-hmm. of movie um and I know that they're like big fans of each other and stuff. And like, you can look, you know, just do your Google searches and find that stuff. But, um, I think it's very interesting. It felt like, I felt like Edgar Wright might've seen get out and was like, you know, at least a little bit inspired by that movie um, yeah. in this thing. And, and I'm sure it goes the other way. You know, I'm sure if you asked Jordan Peele, he'd be like, yeah, I love all of <laughs> Edgar Wright's movies. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, um, I would like to see somebody break down the, the symbolism in this movie, um, I think it's on the level of, of a get out, you know, which is like symbolism 101 to me, you know. Yeah, I didn't get that um, from watching it. But after you said something um, to me about it, that was when I, I, I can see those parallels 
Um, and Edgar Wright often talks about his inspirations in uh, film and in music, but um, Jordan Peele's not one that I've seen him mention. He may have mentioned him in an interview I, ne- I haven't seen, but specifically for this one, um, he talked about, in the interviews that I watched, Psycho, uh, yeah. Black Narcissist, and Blood and Black Lace, which I haven't seen those other ones, but Psycho is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And I could you can see that psychological thriller horror aspect the, in this Hitchcock in Yeah, the, right. Yeah. yeah, there's a ton of inspiration um and like from Hitchcock. With the camera work, like, you know, yeah. some nice camera work in here which, you know. Yeah, there's Hitchcock like there's like one shot I remember where yeah. it goes upside down and it's like supposed to like mm-hmm. be her her world yeah. is turning upside down yeah. and then it goes into the a puddle and then it's like the mirror flipping. So yeah, there's a lot of that type of symbolism. So yeah, I would I would be interested in that as well. And I'd be interested to hear a commentary. He's one of these guys, like with Kevin Smith. I used to love Kevin Smith commentaries. Mm-hmm. And I like hearing the directors kind of talk about their inspirations, their um, stylistic choices. Tarantino and Nolan don't do uh, commentaries. And they're the class of directors who are like, or from, yeah. I, I guess they're from the same school of we want to let our movies speak for themselves and we don't want to tell you what we were thinking, but I'm yeah. like, no, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you were thinking. Yeah, tell me, what, tell me what's going on. And especially like little, little things where they talk about, like, you know, they break down like a scene and like maybe what happened and maybe why yeah. it did or did not turn out yeah. the way they were initially thinking or something. There's, yeah, that stuff's interesting. And, and that's why that yeah. Vanity Fair thing, which I linked mm-hmm. in the show notes, um, that I love that series because they have a bunch of directors because right after the Edgar Wright one was playing, it goes in, or my my YouTube autoplay went into uh, Ryan Johnson doing the same thing, breaking down a scene from like Knives Out and things like that. So I love that series on Vanity Fair where the directors go in and they have a like a sharpie and they can circle the the scene and they can make notes on the scene as you're watching it. So I like that series uh, for anybody who hasn't checked it out. Um, but I guess the only thing we haven't really talked about out of all the things we mentioned. I wanted to get your take because I know Jeff is probably, out of all the uh, friends I have, Jeff's music knowledge is probably the greatest. And I think we talked about the Kid Cudi documentary on a couple episodes ago, um, but I don't know if I've ever gotten your take on like 60s rock. Um, and that's what kind of like that Sparks Brothers documentaries. It's talking about kind of that um, mm-hmm. era and genre. So what do you think about the music in this movie? Yeah, I think I actually, you know, it's funny. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it my like forte. Like I don't, you know, I wouldn't know about it as much as I know about like modern or more modern like rap music, you uh-huh. know, would be kind of my thing. But like I think there are like great things in here, you know, like the Kinks uh, and the Who, you know, he has a Who song in here. Um, and that's something that I've loved about all of his movies, even like even back to like things that he does that it's not very obvious. But if you remember back in um Shaun of the Dead they do that white lines song uh-huh, uh-huh. and they're singing back and forth just so just even like the uh the introduction of that and then obviously you know you have baby driver where he's plugging in the headphones yeah that's his most literal one soundtrack yeah. you know so um this thing i thought was i thought it was it was pretty good i didn't think it was like the most amazing one that he's done mm-hmm. but i think it is like uh i think it's just like you said it's like a, a or like I was saying, it's just, you know, another strong movie. Like he always makes strong decisions or, or good choices uh, with the soundtrack whenever I'm watching his stuff. Um, so I really liked it. Um, 
that genre, that that era i'm not like a huge fan of either like it's not like i don't listen to like the classic rock all the time but i also have grown up with it you know like my dad had like who cds you know he had like mm. these old you know classic like let's call it classic rock yeah type of songs and some that's in some of this list here um so that stuff was cool to me um but overall that, i mean you know i thought it was like it was of period i thought it was good you know yeah there's actually a, a story like correlation in there where it's mm-hmm. like she's from now but her grandparents listened to the 60s music and, and her grandmother yeah. raised her and was playing it all the time and then when she's listening to it on her Beats headphones. Got to get the yeah. product placement. They're making fun of her. Yeah, yeah they're like, like, oh, this, this, this grandmother. grandmother. Like, yeah. that. I thought that was kind of funny because the quality of the music, like, doesn't change. But yeah. it's like the, you know, the, the style and the sentiment of modern music versus 60s, 50s and 60s music is different. Uh, but mm-hmm. you can hear that the quality lasts. Like, all these, the songs that, are considered classics and and things that stay around it's because of the quality of them and, and I think I almost I almost feel like there was less disposable music back then but I I don't you know I'm not a sco- music scholar but I just yeah. feel like a lot of the classic stuff that that we hear all the time is from a certain like section of history and and we don't go outside yeah. of that section a, a whole lot yeah, um, sure. so was it something in the sounds of the sixties that, you know, there was mm-hmm. a specific something in the water, you know, what yeah. was going and, on? Well, and you have to think too, you know, this is like, um, I guess we can, you know, we're, we're going to talk about like if, if that era, you also had like you, like you mentioned earlier, like you have these world wars, which are looked at as these, like, you know, the propaganda let's, you know, obviously of it was, you know, Hey, these are like great American wars and we're fighting for this. Whereas like Vietnam was not that so you right. had music that had substance that's why like we look if we look back at like the 90s you know like some of the most influential things i think eventually that you know let's say like 20 30 years down the line from now mm-hmm. if you look back at the 90s like you're gonna have you know there are gonna be bands in there that are like you know uh, like rage against the machine let's say you know that are speaking to current political climate so i think that helps with the music you know if we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about that that nostalgia like you have like music that's saying something, you know, because you can find trash anywhere, right? Like, right. and I think now, especially because it's like, you know, it, it's it is more disposable. Like, it is like a TikTok thing, you know. So it becomes almost like it's almost not even that the song is good, but that it's like catchy in this one part, and it just makes like a good video, or it makes like a funny video, or it it, it hits that certain thing. Yeah. Um. So I think, almost... I think that is true. That that it, you know, obviously, but that becomes you know that's a, an internet thing, right? Yeah. To me, where it becomes you know anybody can put out whatever you know. And it's a lot more like, I feel like lower attention span and yeah, the feeling that oh everything's been done already. Like every idea that we can think of has already been done. So what's something new that we haven't talked about before? Yeah. Oh, the dancing on the couch. All right, we're gonna make a song about yeah. dancing on the couch. All right, print it. All right, yeah, get get right. it out and get get it streaming on Spotify. Yeah, um, and and that's and that's the thing too is like you know, I mean we, we had the Macarena, you yeah. know, so I can't like say it's not it's not unique to this era, but there is more like hey, I'll just have a TikTok dance yes. on a song, and so yep. it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're you're making the song almost as like a promotion, you know, it doesn't feel like you're making the song like let's say like a 
you know, like a Kendrick Lamar album. Yeah, like, there's a message go, behind that, it. Like, there's, yeah, there's like, you know, you, if you listen to it, there's like yeah. meaning behind these songs. Yes. It's not just, you know. You well, know, I think you can combine, you can combine like, you know, an amazing, like, you know, something that's, you know, produced to be catchy with that, but it just, it doesn't really happen that often, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, the soundtrack is one that I won't necessarily be listening to again, but um, it was... But, I mean, it fell in line, I would say. I would say, yeah. like, it, it had its place. You yeah, know? it was it interesting. Was okay. That's what, actually, you know, that's the thing where that, like, that era, us not being a fan of that era, that may be where it most affects me. Yeah. Of me. Right. Not that it was bad, but I just didn't care. You yeah. Know? I didn't care as much. Right. And I think that also kind of comes in line with what I was saying about, like, you don't really care about the characters and... Um, style over substance is everything comes from this idea of being nostalgic for the 60s London in the 60s and so everything else is kind of all right well how do we get it's almost like that was written first right and then everything else is all right how do we get to that point where we can have a modern girl going back to the 60s in London and so there's there's if you're not doing a science fiction thing where it's time travel it's all right. This psychological horror thing and supernatural um, ghosts and things like that. But what about the characters? Like, what about the story that makes it unique and stand out? I can't, yeah. you know, I can't tell you that I loved any of those things other than Edgar Wright's style and the way that he did it. Rather than oh, if I just read this on the page. And I said, oh, I love these characters. I love this storyline. And, you know, did it come to a, a satisfying conclusion for you at the end when you were like, oh, this is wrapping up nicely. This is a nice twist ending. Yeah, you know, really, it was it was okay. You know, I, I yeah. didn't see everything coming, so I will I'll give it that. Um, even though, I mean, the old lady's clearly batshit crazy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, the, but the thing that for me that, that threw that off was, like, you're like, am, like, what am I, what's happening here? You mm. know what I mean? Like, so you're like, is this really her or is yeah. this really not, you know? So, yeah. Um, that, to me, I thought was a little weak. The whole ending and the revealing of all that and then, you know, like I said, just being, like, a stab fest and mm. like, <laughs> everything going on. Um, you know, I, I was like, this thing is is okay I, I did it just felt a little weak on the end like i thought the twist and the revealing of her as sandy or whatever i thought was great but yeah the end to me was a little bit just all over the place but that that ties in with the plot being to me a little convoluted yeah um, for what it's trying i understand what it's doing um but it just seemed like a little bit like maybe doing a little too much yes you know here and there is the only that's really that's really my biggest complaint like i said i really like this movie um, but I can see like your perspective of where you're like, I find these characters weak and I agree with it because of that. You know, I think it, yeah. it just does like that stuff very well. That's what I remember. That was your big thing about Eternals when you were coming out of it was like, I don't remember mm-hmm. anybody's name. I don't remember like yeah. anything that they did to be noteworthy of, oh, that's this guy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of felt like with these characters. So um, yeah. last night, in Soho, I would say, you know, it's it's a recommendation. We would say watch it. Um, it's a good yeah. Edgar Wright yeah. movie, but it's just not I I think with me and you are like with Nolan. If it's yeah. if it if the next Nolan movie is not the greatest movie of all time, it's kind of a letdown because it's like we are yeah. our expectations are so high for him. Mm-hmm. And I think we both like Tenet a lot. Um I like Tenet, but I can I'll tell you it's not 
you know. And yeah, it's, it's not our favorite you know, Nolan movie. Not, so you know, Inception. To yeah, me, you know, it's just not. Yeah. So that was our review of last night in Soho. Um, now I wanted to. There's a couple weekly recommendations that I wanted to um, throw out we're there. Gonna have to, we're gonna have to throw. We're gonna have to figure out this second because like. Well, these ones here that we want to talk about. So I think maybe you should talk about your comic book, maybe, and your holiday special that's on this list. Yeah. First, maybe. Is that how you want to do that? Well, I'll just do like some quick points because did did you watch Hawkeye? Yeah, I want to talk about the other two. I want to talk about. Oh, you do want to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about the other. I want to talk about. So if we're looking at our list, I know people at home can't hear this. The top and the bottom one on this list I want to talk about. The other two, I'll let you can say what you want to say. I I don't have experience with those. All right, so I read this week Hulk number one, mm-hmm. uh, written by Donnie Cates and art by Ryan Otley. A hundred percent read this book because of Ryan Otley's art, and that was also why I recommended to you his yeah. Amazing Spider-Man run because this guy is like killing it. Everything he does is yeah. fantastic, and if anybody who's not familiar, Ryan Otley is the majority artist on invincible he's not the only artist from invincible but 90 percent of or maybe even 95 percent of the entire run of invincible was ryan otley and that's what kind of blew him up so amazing spider-man he had a nice run there like 80 issues now they're starting this new hulk book and it's the the whole premise is basically what if it wasn't the hulk that was the danger what if it was banner and the hulk was like to protect us from banner and so they're doing this whole kind of banner is the mad scientist and he's using the hulk like he's they had this kind of design of there's banner in in hulk's mind there's hulk in hulk's mind and then there's hulk in the hulk's body which banner is controlling in the real world so there's Uh it's going back and forth between those three. It's cutting between those three. And I loved it. I cannot recommend it enough. This is a great start to this new era. Uh, Basically Hulk wants to, or Banner wants to leave earth. And he's like, I'm going to make the Hulk a spaceship. And so I'm going to fly out. So that's the whole premise of this first um, storyline is, is Hulk trying to get out. So highly recommend Hulk number one. Okay. And then I also watched, Solar Opposites is one of my favorite shows on TV. They did a holiday special. It's like a Christmas. Yes, Justin Roiland um, Mm -hmm. from Rick and Morty. And I really liked the first two seasons of Solar Opposites. And I was surprised. I didn't know they were doing this holiday special because they're not in the middle of a season right now. So they Mm -hmm. just kind of dropped it. It's a funny take on there's some VR stuff where they go into Jingle All the Way and they have to read like – they have to go through the plot of Jingle All the Way in VR, and it, it turns out differently. Let's say they have to go into the future of the Jingle All the Way universe and see what happened to the kid after he didn't get his Turbo Man doll. So oh, if okay. you like anything I just said, watch yeah. the Solar Opposites Holiday Special. It's on Hulu, and it was hilarious. That's funny. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, let's let's go into our two things that Jeff did watch. Yep. Um, the first thing was Hawkeye, and yeah. there were two episodes dropped out of six. There's going to be six total. And I'll say, I just to put a little history with this one is this is one of the um, 
when they, when they announced all the shows, you know, that's coming out for Disney Plus, there were a couple of them that I just didn't have a lot of faith in. Um, just just off the names, right? Just off the actors oh, right. that play the role uh-huh. and what they've done in the movies. And uh, one of them to me was, um, uh, well, obviously Hawkeye was yes. on this list. To me, it was I had low expectations for it. I was not really looking forward to this up until the last week or two. You know, when we've been talking about you know what the what this show appears to be based on the comic, right? Which I want to get you know to. I actually yes. have it on my iPad, but I gotta sit down and do it. Yeah. Um, so I had really low expectations for this. What was the other? I can't remember the Winter Soldier one. Um, oh, the, the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. That one too. And that one, I. I lost interest in it, Dang. Um, which, you know, maybe I'll go back and watch it again one day. Yeah. Um, but um, I just lost interest and didn't finish it, right? Yeah. It wasn't as good as Loki to me. Yes. Um, Love Loki. In this one, I was worried about it. But actually, I think I've come around on it um, based off of, like, you know, what the, the you know, original material is, the source material. Yeah. Right? Um, and also just the... Like, I don't really like Jeremy Renner, to be honest. Like, uh-huh. I don't really like any of the movies. Like, any... Not... Not that I don't like any of the movies he's been in. Um, I don't really care for him in As the Hawkeye. movies that he has been in. Yeah. I just don't, you know what I mean? I don't find it to be very charismatic yeah. um, or him to be, you know, so I, I don't right. really care for him. So when they had this show, I was like, nah, you know, but um, I think this thing is, is pretty good. And I think they nail the start of it on that that first episode. Yes. Like, what, a, you know. We talked about like you know like how I didn't really like what if and I had a lot of problems with it and, and it's a lot of it's because the animation style mm-hmm. and then like you know also like retreading events a little bit I don't really care for that much or like right. changing things that maybe don't happen whatever you know I'm not a huge fan of that stuff but what I do like that they did in this that what if kind of plays with it uh, I'm, I'm assuming at some point but like the perspective of that event from uh, somebody else yeah. Right, so they're right. they're giving you this like, what essentially? I mean, if you look at the damage and like what is happening in the uh, the first Avengers mm-hmm. movie, I mean, is like a nine eleven, you know, yes. in a major city, like yep. it, it pretty much is. And like to to give that perspective on that and have her looking out her window, you know. And Screen Crush was um they did a great breakdown on these uh, episodes, and we always recommend them, obviously. Yes. But he was referring to some of the older comics that did that. Uh, that would show you like major events within the Marvel universe or whatever. DC yeah, that, universe, and they would just give you another perspective. Yeah, I'll link that in the show notes. That series is called Marvels. Yeah, and that and just just to see that, you know, I think that's like a cool uh, perspective to have. Yes. Um. So that really kicked off the show, but everything else, you know, I've, you know, it has the humor, you know, um, and in in the in the source material, he's uh, Hawkeye's deaf, or deaf in one ear at least. I think. Yes. Um, uh, for a particular reason, uh, but in here, you know, they they change it up a little bit, and they, you know, there's the humor of it. Of you know, he's like, they're like, hey, you know, why do you, you know, why do you have this hearing aid? Why can't you hear? Basically, and it's like they cut to, you know, all the explosions right. <laughs> that he's been around, and you're just like, yeah, you probably would go deaf after <laughs> like all of these things that he's been in through all these movies, you know. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they're doing the character right. Uh, I think the the tracksuit guys in here are like hilarious. Like they say yes. "bro" yes. every other word. Like they're they're hitting that tone that I like that Marvel tone of like funny, but also like you know seriously dangerous kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been really liking the show. I'm, I'm assuming you've caught up as well. Um, I'm actually like one point five 
I'm okay. I'm halfway through the last episode or the um the second episode, but I just with Thanksgiving and a bunch yeah. of stuff going on, I haven't had a chance to get caught up. But I know where it's going, and I know the comic is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. one of the best comics ever written, I will say. And yeah. it's one of the comics that I gave my wife when I first met her, and she loved it, and she had read no comics before. So yeah. I know where it's going. I like the setup, and uh, I'm very interested to see where they go with um, Haley Steinfeld's character, mm-hmm. Kate Bishop. Yeah. yeah, They're clearly setting up the Young Avengers because almost uh, everybody from the Young Avengers has been shown now in these okay. Disney Plus um, shows. Gotcha. So she's one of the main characters in oh, that's another one that I would highly recommend is, mm-hmm. uh, the young Avengers book, which I will link in the, our show notes. Um, one of my favorite, uh, runs of all time, but I want to see how they introduce it in the Marvel universe and how, or in the MCU, I should say, and then where yeah. it goes from there. Yeah. And one other thing I want to mention about this show, it was an article that you linked me where like, Hey Disney, give my guy. Oh yes. Uh, the credit yes for the art like what i mean i'm not you know like i said i've been trying to cut down on the cursing here but what the <laughs> fuck Give, like you, you, the whole like you look you bit the whole style yes you bit the logo you did everything like even i mean really honestly if it was up to me you should put those guys names on this yeah i don't care who wrote it like you should definitely put like inspired by i don't know if that's in the credits or anything like that no. but, like i mean clearly you need to give credit like um I don't know what that situation is, but it's um, and I think it looks great. All the marketing, everything they have, and it's because of like I look at the source, you know, and I'm like, oh, you just lifted from this, which is yeah. fine. It's your product, it's your thing, but like, give my guy credit. And that's the first time I've ever seen him do that, where it's yeah. like the font, the mm-hmm. lettering, everything yeah. is exactly. And that the, was the like, thing that when they teased poster. it, yeah, then the poster when they first teased it, it was. That's what got everybody excited when they announced it at Disney or D23. Mm-hmm. It was this comic book font. So everybody was like, oh, they're doing the Matt Fraction? Oh. Yeah. And so yeah. that caught everybody. And I was like, nah, they're not going to do it. They're just trying to tease you. They're just doing the font, and it's going to be totally different. But yeah. I've actually been pleasantly surprised how much of it is like that Matt Fraction run. Yeah. And uh, David Aha is the um, artist. He's actually on Twitter, and I've, I was actually trying to retweet some stuff and um, support some of his other work that he's been doing. Because yeah, Marvel, and it's DC is the same way. Anyone that um, works for these major companies, they are. I mean, that's they're agreeing that their work can be used without them getting compensation. It's yeah. not right, but it's like that's the the current situation that they have when they sign up to do books and it's it's more like getting your name out and exposure and then you can go do your creator own stuff and that's where image comes in and that's where they get paid so yeah support david aha and um a lot of his creator own stuff because they they a hundred percent took all of his whole thing which is fine all of his designs and um he had I had retweeted something. He tweeted, All right, don't give don't necessarily give me um my name in the credits, just give me some money. Like just pay yeah. me just what I what I'm owed cash. here, Marvel. Yeah, come on, man. He came up with the aesthetic of this thing. Like you you have to. Yeah. In my opinion. So that was Hawkeye, and I've got links in the show notes of all the comics that we talked about. Um 
the last thing that we want to talk about on this episode, kind of a surprise to me. I did not know this was coming out. A South yeah. Park post-COVID special. And it's like a, it's almost like a movie. It's like 59 minutes. Yeah. It's like a full hour. And man, like we mentioned it when we were playing, maybe uh, we'll, we should link the Back for Blood gameplay oh, yeah. we had eventually when that comes out. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure at a much later date than right now uh, that we did last night. Yes. Um, yeah. I mentioned to you, I was like, oh, hey, South Park is doing like a thing. And like they had that. I don't, did you see the massive deal? Maybe that's because I know you were unfamiliar with this thing being out, yeah. but I don't know if you saw that. I had seen it, but I, I had forgot because yeah. we had been watching it all on HBO Max. So I thought, yeah. oh, South Park just all is all going to be on HBO Max. Yeah. And that was a, that was an ad, that was a marketing thing from HBO. Like, hey, we got all of South Park. Yeah. Here. So, yeah, I'm surprised. But um, yeah, so this yeah, is on Paramount like, Plus. Uh, I don't know what the deal was. I can't remember what they what they signed for. But there's gonna they're gonna do like twelve specials. Oh wow! You know? They're doing all they're doing a ton of stuff in like this thing. Um, I don't know. I think me and you were texting back and forth and laughing at it. But I'm am super high on this this uh, special. Like yeah, if the no rest of their specials are yeah. like this, yeah. I'm signed up for Paramount Plus. Like this yeah. is uh, I, uh, something that would yeah. make me sign up for the service if all of them are like this. Mm-hmm. I was laughing throughout the entire thing because yeah. the whole thing is a is a parody of the future and the future technology and covid I would say yeah. is 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 the main butt of the jokes yeah. and that's all of those things are hilarious to me so they were mm-hmm. all in my wheelhouse of things I'm interested in things that I find um you know just their take on it yeah. the south park creators uh take on it is is what i really like and the funniest thing to me or that's the funniest thing but one of the funniest things was it's set in the future all of the voices are their adult voices instead yeah, of having have, to pitch them down or yeah, or pitch the them same, up and same inflection yeah. yeah different tones of voice which is yeah hilarious, it's a, right? that just from the start when you, when you open up mm-hmm. and this and is also a, kind um, of connected to that um, the yeah. last special that they had, the, the COVID, COVID one, mm-hmm. which was Integrity Farm. Yeah, Integrity and, and the pandemic special. So it's, this yeah. is like a direct sequel to that. So if you haven't seen that one, definitely check that one out yeah. and then check this one out. You should watch all of it. And I was going to say, just the spoilers, I guess, just a couple of things. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, we're talking about the future. So you see them. Oh, yeah. Like, and you mentioned they are grown up, which is like, to me, if that gives, if that's like, I worried about them. You know, because you remember, you remember the documentary where they're like they're producing these shows week by week, so they're yes. getting them out literally within days. And that, I worry about them being stretched thin. But if they're doing concepts like this, like the kids as adults in the future, like if they're doing that, and I and I don't think they're gonna be able to do it for twelve specials, but like obviously there's gonna be at least another one that's tied directly into this, right? From the ending, yeah. and from the things that were happening, but. Um, if they are making moves like that, like if they're doing their own like little spinoff stories that are like move like you know hour long little specials, mm-hmm. then you know like you said, my excitement for this is you know through the roof. If oh, they're yeah. going to keep doing stuff that's like this, yeah, yeah. This this was a fantastic um, hour of television. I'm probably going to rewatch this with my wife because yeah, she um she she loved the pandemic special, so I'm pretty sure she's going to like this uh, post COVID episode and the you know the thing that <laughs> made me laugh i think more than anything was the reveal of alexa alexa oh, stop 
being that, his, like, like wife. <laughs> yeah, I was rolling on the ground laughing. Like, that and was... She's, like, mad at him, yeah. Just that it's, concept was amazing yeah. that and, they came up with that. Yeah, and then, like, for what seems to be a troll from Cartman. Yes, And, yes, like, yes. his... Like we said with the voice, the voice is hilarious because <laughs> not only does his kid, Cartman's kid, is in this, he has his voice, which is funny. Yes. They put the Cartman voice in there still with his kid. But yes. also, yes. they've changed his, but he still does things like Kyle. Yes. Kyle, you know, yes. the way he says Kyle, you know, is still yeah. him, but it's yeah. a different voice, you know? And then yeah. I don't want to give away the troll that Cartman oh, seems man. to be pulling off here, but it is like, it is so funny that it's like when I hope this pays off in the way that I want it to, which yes, is, it, yes. is it being a troll, and because it is so <laughs> funny to me, um, and uh, so you know messed up. Uh, yeah. I think it's yeah, like I said, this this thing was this thing was great. Like just watching that this morning was like uh, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, because you know? we weren't originally going to talk about it on this episode, but yeah. we had to include it because this might be the funniest thing I've seen all year. Um, yeah, like I said. Great. Because it's all of those, the things that they do in a regular South Park episode is the timely, weekly, um, you know, the current events, yeah. humor. And so this, all of this current COVID stuff is like, it's just, this is exactly what they do well. And then it's like predicting the future from right now. So all of the restaurants being pluses and maxes playing off of that and the electric cars, the self-driving cars, um, the assistance, everything that we currently like, it's almost like you can predict what's going to happen next. Like if you're just following a straight line, all of those things, like I thought were genius, uh, comedy level stuff. So yeah, yeah, highly recommend the post COVID special and in our show notes, I'm going to link up that uh, making of documentary that you mentioned, which is called Six Days to Air. That's one of the best making of things I've ever seen and just kind of blew my mind when we first watched that. And, and we saw for the first time how quickly yeah. they turn these things around and just kind of how we always thought um, it was both of them, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. But really, it's it's really kind of just one and then the other one is, all right, I'll yeah. go with you. And I'll, you know, not to say he doesn't contribute, but yeah. it's not as 50 50 as I thought growing up. And this documentary is from 2011. That was 10 years yeah. ago. And Dang. there's just, there's, um, you know, just interesting things like, like hey, oh, hey, Bill Hader's in on this. Yes. Thing. Like if you weren't paying attention to that, so you're like, hey, this guy does this, uh, this show too. Like, yeah. He has input on this, which is kind of cool. So that was great. The pandemic special, I'm going to link in the show notes. And then post COVID, I'm going to link in the show notes. So, all of those. Oh, you were going to tell me about the ending, Professor Chaos, because I, I did not yeah. get, I did not pick up on okay. that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you want me to spoil it here. So Yeah, spoilers. Uh, yeah, like we already said it, so if you didn't, I'll, I'll you know, explain that. So it's funny because what's his name in the show? It's Victor Chaos or something like that. Like, it's not Chaos, but it's like close enough. Uh-huh. Um, Hold on, let me let me look up what the name was. Um, and see, I just don't yeah. have the background in South Park characters. Like I like the show a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. watch it on a regular basis, and I don't have the history. I'll I'll yeah. I'll jump in every now and then and, and watch an episode, but I don't watch it on a regular basis. Yeah, and you know it's funny because I think you need to go back to watch the Coon episodes. Oh yes, because <laughs> that that's where he's from. Okay, that's where Professor Chaos is from. Okay, it that is, makes sense. It's Butters, the alternate ego. 
uh, for, oh. for him. Yeah, it, that's his character. So okay. his real name, and it's funny. It's like Victor. So I think they're going. They're playing a little bit off the Victor Vaughn or whatever you know, right. the Doom stuff yes. or whatever. Um, they're playing a little off that. So that's Professor Chaos, who is Butter's superhero and like a villain, like. And I think I want to say Professor Chaos might have been in there before the Coon stuff. Okay. Like he might have shown up before there, but like if you go back and watch the Coon episodes, any of that stuff, um, or like a bunch of the stuff where Butters is animated, like that, like he that Professor Chaos is a is a big like that is the villain uh, for the for the show, and yeah, oh, that, is, yeah. that is who is behind that that prison wall. Um, you can hear his laugh, uh, and I'll find the name for you off air. But yeah, that's who that's who that is. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it is a major character that i am excited to see like what what is he gonna do in the next uh <laughs> next thing nice um, there's actually two um superhero or super villains uh victor mm-hmm. von doom is is dr doom and then victor yeah. freeze is mr freeze yeah um, so victor's is a double play yeah. on uh famous villains it is on that and it's yeah his uh oh yeah his name was victor chaws okay the, it's, it's chaws but it's actor victor chaos which okay. is then you know uh <laughs> becomes professor chaos okay in south park and if you don't know professor chaos in general disarray i will uh maybe we'll link to a, a thing or you need to go watch the uh the coon episodes to get the, uh, <laughs> okay. the full appreciation yeah all right cool all right i think that is going to do it for this episode of seasons change but don't forget you can always follow us on twitter i'm vactor jeff is jeff w and our podcast is seasons underscore podcast if you want to message us over there you can do that if you want to leave us a voice message, you can always go over to the Anchor website, anchor.fm slash seasons change slash message or the Anchor app. You can leave us a nice voicemail and we will answer your voicemail. We'll play it on the show and we will respond to it. Um, if you need some voice talent, check out our boy Shoff from the um, Geek So to Speak podcast. He does our intro, our kind of bumper, and he has got a great Fiverr deal that you can check out in our show notes we will link that as well as the geek so to speak podcast itself i am always talking comics i've got a little segment called vector loves comics over there they just did their thanksgiving episode what they were thankful for and they talked about teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 which was the tokyo japan time travel movie so check out wonder rob and shoff talking all about that and i also did a little video review of Hawkeye. It's just a little quick um, kind of teaser. And I'm going to be talking about the full episodes also on the Geek So To Speak podcast. So check all those out. Jeff and I are playing games on the Geek So To Speak YouTube channel. So you can check that out. Check us playing Back for Blood, Halo Infinite, and maybe maybe some Forza Horizon 5 coming up because I've, I've been enjoying that, but we haven't actually had a chance to all play together. So check all that stuff out. Geek So To Speak YouTube and Geek So To Speak podcast. But Jeff, I, I hear a little buzzing in my ear. I hear a little little chirping. I hear something. Uh-huh. It's the okay. seasons changing. Man, forget all that. Michigan sucks. <laughs> Sup, Tommy? <laughs>